Fathers, we love you. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Come on, Superman. Superman. That was awesome. Hey, well, good morning, VHM. How's everybody doing today? We want to welcome you here. We're so glad. I want to say welcome to all those watching us online, Facebook, YouTube. And we're just glad you're here on this super special day. We're going to celebrate our Father as we go into the Word, and then we're going to celebrate you guys after service. So it's just a beautiful day of celebrations. And come on, any dad in the house, we don't do it all right. We definitely don't do it perfectly, but one thing we do is we love our kids. I love being a dad. Any dads in the room, you just love being a dad? We celebrate you guys. And hey, I want to celebrate. We did this on Mother's Day, and I think it's appropriate. We should always say it every time. We celebrate also those, you know, definitely our earthly dads, but also the men. We honor the men that God brought in our lives as spiritual fathers. Come on, spiritual coaches, mentors, and leaders in our lives. Can we give it up for all the fathers? Thank you, Lord. And definitely, definitely linger after service. Grab a photo, as Pastor Chad said. And fellas, make sure you grab that man treat. Because after you take a bite of it, you're going to be more of a man at that moment than you were before. So, <laughs> some good stuff there. Sinfully delicious, for sure. So, hey, and also, while we're celebrating real quick, uh, most of you are aware of this, that just a couple Sundays ago, we launched a Heart of the House initiative uh, regarding Layla's home. And this is, we're supporting Frontline Response. This is a ministry that we support monthly. And they're an incredible ministry, guys, that you may or may not know about. If you've been around Victor for a while, you've heard that name mentioned. And so far in Atlanta, in ATL, they have rescued 360 women from sex slavery. That is incredible. And now they're expanding to South Florida, the Miami-Dade area. And uh, there is no home there uh, that we know of that will be a safe place, a refuge. We're calling Layla's home that, uh, where women can come and find safety and come on and find a new life in Jesus. And I'm super happy to tell you guys today, because of your generosity of all of our campus, I'm happy to announce to you today, 316,380, right there. Two weeks. That's incredible. And listen, we'll never, probably none of us will probably ever meet those daughters. But come on, we sowed into their lives. No matter if you gave $10, $100, $1,000, whatever you gave, we sowed. Somebody say sowed. We sowed into their lives. And so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. I can't wait to see this house built and, and the stories that are going to come out of that. Amen? Hey, real quick, before we dive in the Word, i got to recognize two very special people. My mom and dad are in the room today. My father right over here. Excited to have them. So I got to make sure I preach well today or I'll hear it during the lunch hour. All right. My dad always says, preach the word, son, preach the word. So we're going to go there, I promise. So, uh, hey, we're in the series. Well, actually, we're on this journey on the Sermon on the Mount. And so if you have your Bible, would you turn to Matthew chapter 6? And I'm super excited today. We're going to dive deep. We're going to start a deep dive into the Lord's Prayer. And I can guarantee you this, I can guarantee, I can guarantee you this, if you will really lean in, come on, somebody say lean in, lean in. 
If you will lean in and really listen to the message today, listen to me, here's the guarantee, your prayer life will go to another level. If you'll lean in today, every one of us, no matter where you are on the spectrum of prayer, your prayer life will go to the next level, I promise you, if we apply these truths to our lives. And if you're taking notes today, and I encourage you to do so, I'm going to throw some gold your way, some gold nuggets, I call it. The title of the message today is Our Father, Our Father. Let's pray. Lord, you are already here in the room with us, and we welcome you now to come a little closer. We silence the noise of the world and the, all the things that call our name, and just for these minutes here together, we open the word and we say, speak to us. We open our minds and our hearts to receive your word, and Holy Spirit, help me speak to these awesome people. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said... Amen. So last Sunday, again, on this big journey that's going to carry us through most of the year, uh, last, journey, uh, last Sunday, Pastor Johnson uh, launched a new series called When You Pray. Somebody say when. When you pray. And, and all of chapter 6, which was a, you know, a message Jesus was preaching on a hill, documented by one of his boys, Matthew. All right, This was a big part of chapter 6, a big part of the middle of the message. And he starts off with when you give. And now we're into, for the next six weeks, when you pray, and then we're going to end it on when you fast. And I want you to notice, and I know you already have, but the verbiage, it's when, not if. When, not if. Why? Because our Heavenly Father assumes that His children are going to give. He assumes that we're going to pray and that we're going to fast. We are, we are a people, we are Christ followers, it's a part of who we're supposed to be, that we're always giving unto the Lord, that we're always talking to our Lord, that's prayer, and that we're always fasting. It's just a part of our life. But let's be real for a moment. Somebody say real. Come on, if you can't be real in church, where can you be real? Let's be real for a moment. Having a consistent prayer life can be difficult. It can be. Hashtag, the struggle is real. And so, you know, unless you're in the room today or, again, online, and you've quit play, praying altogether, most of us probably in the room have some high highs with prayer and some low lows. we got the roller coaster. And, you know, we can, we can go for a while like, man, you're feeling good about prayer, talking to the Father, and, and then, I don't know, it could be busyness, it could be uh, you're fighting discouragement, it could be a hit from the enemy, and instead of continuing to pray, we just kind of find ourselves not praying, and I don't know if you're like me, it could be a few days, and like, oh my gosh, I haven't prayed. Anybody been there before? All right, good, three of us, all right? <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, because, and again, for me, it can be business, doing good things for the kingdom, but yet I'm not talking to the king. And so... God wants us to be a people that are constantly talking to him. And for many people, again, just being real and honest in the room, which is where we should be honest about things, for many people, if we're really honest, prayer, the subject of prayer, can be very frustrating for all kinds of reasons that I don't have time to go into. And sadly, many only pray to God when they're going through a really difficult time. I call them the 911 prayers. And, and let me just say this about the 911 prayers. God wants to hear your 911 prayers, but He also strongly wants to hear from you all the time. 
So he, he wants, when, you, when you're like, Father, I need help, he leans in right there. It's like Jesus telling the angels, pipe down, pipe down. Listen, 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 Father, one of your sons is praying. One of your daughters is praying. So when it's a 911 prayer, he wants to hear, and he will hear from you, and he will answer according to his will, but he wants to hear from you in a daily way. That daily communication with his children. I mean, what, what dad wouldn't want that? So... Let's, let's, again, I'm a big definition guy, so let's make sure we're all on the same page just regarding prayer. And let's just drill down on it just for a moment before we just dive into Matthew 6 here. Simply put, I'm a simple man, so I'm going to give you a simple definition. Simply put, prayer is communication with God. It's communication with God. It's talking and sharing your heart with God, but also, listen to me, it's taking the time to listen to God. Because real communication, hello, real communication is a two-way street. I, I learned that real quick when I got married. Because after she talked for an hour, I was like, how's your day? Then I'm like, I'm already exhausted coming in from work, and then I'm even more exhausted by what she's talking about today. And she's like, how was your day? Well, I'm so exhausted, I'm like, it was good, you know, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, but communication, real communication is a two-way street, and that's what God wants. He wants to hear from his children, but he also wants his children to take the time to listen to him. Because let me tell you something, our father has something he wants to say. We just need to be better listeners, speaking about myself. So prayer is very important to God. And it's central to the Christian life. It's, it's central to the Christian walk, this journey that we call Christianity. And the truth is, listen to me on this, we are a reflection. Well, I know some people aren't going to like this statement. I didn't like it either because it was convicting. But we are a reflection of our prayer life or the lack thereof. Did you hear me? We, we are a reflection of our prayer life. Our life... How we live, how things are going in our life is a reflection of whether we pray or don't pray. Let me say it to you like this right here on the screen. The quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your prayer life. The somebody say quality. The quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your prayer life. And there's probably a bunch of people in the room and online like, well, dang it. My life is not so good and my prayer life stinks. And can I just tell you, I want to just encourage you more because I think a lot of people truly fight discouragement over prayer. And maybe you're here today and, and you, don't, you don't feel like you know how to pray. I was, I was there years ago and I'm a church kid. So no matter where you are on the spectrum of prayer, whether there's frustration or maybe it just comes natural for you, wherever you are, can I just encourage you, don't be discouraged. Every day is a new day with God. Come on, somebody. We can always learn and move forward with God. And I'm here to encourage you that if you will press into what we're going to look at today from Jesus, not from Chris, if we'll press into his teaching about prayer, you will have a strong, consistent prayer life. Because there is a way to pray. There's a way to pray that we believe at Victory will totally revolutionize your life. Totally revolutionize your life. So much so, listen to me, 
If we'll press in, if Chris, if all of us will press into the Word of God on how Jesus told us how to pray, by the end of 2023, if you can believe it or not, which is six months away, we, people won't even recognize you. You won't even recognize yourself. Amen? Anybody want that? Want to go to greater levels in God and your prayer life? Hello. Well, Jesus showed us the way to pray. Amen? The way to pray. Somebody say the way. And when you pray, when I pray, when we pray, the way that Jesus taught us, listen to me, it will affect every part of your life. It will affect every part of your life. Let me throw out a few things. When you start praying and we start praying God's way, I want you to see the benefits that will happen in your life. Right here, just a few things. Your, your life, your marriage, and your family will start getting healthier when we pray God's way. Here's another blessing and benefit. Your mental, emotional, and physical health will improve. Come on, Jesus. That's awesome. I want that. Your wisdom and discernment in your life will increase when we pray God's way. How about this? Your financial life will continue to see uh, continual blessings and favor. And I remind you, it's not for us to be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. So it's going through us. It's not us hoarding the blessings. It's us being people that give. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we're looking at these things, this final one here. I could give you a bunch, but this just kind of condensed it. Also, when you pray God's way, the stronghold of sin will start to be broken off your life. And I want to add something to to this that came to me this morning in prayer about these points. Also, as you pray and seek God's face, generational curses will stop and will not be passed down to your children, your children's children, when we pray God's way. When we pray God's way, everything changes from the inside out. Hello, anyone here want to see areas in, in your life, others that I didn't even mention, continue to improve? Start praying and watch what God does. And we're going to look specifically, how, how do we do this? How do we do this? And let me just tell you, this is not to put you in a box. This is actually to set you free so you can really pray God's way. Amen? Let me give you this quote from the famous missionary Hudson Taylor. You probably heard that name. He says this, when you work, you work. When you pray, God works. Woo, leave that up there. Let that soak in people's fear. When you pray, when I, excuse me, when I work, I work. But when we pray, God works. My goodness, think about the power of that statement. So that tells me that there's more things that can be done. There's more that can be accomplished with me on my knees than me on my feet. Let me speak to all the men in the room and the fathers, but all the sons. And ladies, I know this is a part of you, but what I'm about to highlight is definitely in our DNA as men. So God wired men, sons, it was in the moment that I was conceived in my mother's womb and every male, God put in us a fix-it mentality. And the women are the ones who are chuckling right now. Mm -hmm. A fix-it mentality. I got to fix this. I got I to gotta fix that. I, I, there, there's something that's been pre-wired in us that we, we got to fix things. I, I got to fix my spouse. I, I, I got to, by the way, don't go there. Uh, I got I to gotta fix my boss. 
I got I to gotta fix my, can I tell you what? We don't need to fix anyone. By the way, I can't even fix myself. You can't fix yourself. That's why we need God. We need to pray and let God do the fixing. Let God do the work. God's called us to be a people of prayer and let heaven do the great work that needs to be done. I remember uh, early on in our marriage, thank God I learned from it. All the young people in the room, listen to this. Please, it will spare you a lot of pain. I remember uh, when, as we got married, and, and it went into the, for the first 10 years there, um, I just wanted to fix whatever Lisa was talking about. And I mean, and she would be, you know, she, she'd muster up and, and, and just share her heart and there'd be tears of joys and, and tears of pain and, and sharing everything in her soul. And I'd be like, well, you just need to do this. And she'd be like, I start seeing like this, just her nostrils flared. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm telling her, come on guys, you know what I'm talking about? I'm giving you the answer of what to do. <laughs> Gentlemen, that is not what they want. And I remember one time, probably about five years in, she said this to me in one of those conversations that went south real quick. She said, I don't need you to fix me. And I said, but, 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 if you would just. And then what I've learned, and I'm still learning 27 years in, actually she just wants me to listen to her and pray for her. And actually what I've learned as I'm, learning to listen better with real ears, not just hear words, but hear heart and pray for her. We have found out that actually she'll come and say, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I've been waiting to tell you. (laughs) Hey, here we go. Here we go. I've got the answers to all your problems. But we've got to let God do the fixing. We've got to let God do the healing. You got a problem in your business? Have you prayed about it? You got a problem with some of your employees? Yeah, we need to talk to them, but pray about it first. See, problem with your kids? Parents want to, I mean, if I, you know, you, you, gosh, you love them so much, but like, if you would just do this, you know, we can't fix our kids. We got to point them to the one who can. We got to love them through it. My parents did that very well through my hellish years. They loved me through it, and they were praying like mad people. Like, oh, God, save our kid before we kill him. (laughs) God's called us to be a people of prayer. And I'm just so thankful as we go there now, Matthew chapter 6, I'm so thankful that he gave us the blueprint of how to do this. He gave, us, he gave us the model. We don't have to wing it. We don't have to figure it out. He laid it out right in front of us in the Sermon on the Mount, in the middle of his message. Let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 6. Look down at verse 7. Are you there? And he says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you need of before you ask him. And the question would come there, then why do I need to say anything? Well, he knows, but he wants to hear it from you. And let me just go back for a second. Pause before we continue on verse 9. This whole vain repetition thing. you got to remember... So the Jews worship Jehovah, but everybody around them worship all kinds of gods. 
And a, a lot of times, even today with false gods, by the way, I just need to say there's only one God. There's only one. Jehovah God. And there's only one way to our Father, and it's through Jesus. Only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to the Father. That's what Jesus was saying. You go through me to get to him. So there's no, there's no other ways. It's Jesus, and there's only one God. But there's a lot of false gods out there, by the way, which are demons that people worship. It's a lie. That's why we need to pray for our brothers and sisters who may not be living for Jesus and may be worshiping false gods. And so Jesus knew that this was infiltrating his Jewish people on this big hill that day. And so every word he was saying, he knew what he was saying. And it was almost twofold. In one way, he's like, don't be like the heathens who worship other gods and just keep repeating the same, same word, almost in a way of witchcraft, just incantations, just saying it over and over, just saying that. So that's one way he was talking about. But also what Jesus was saying is, don't just say all the words, express your heart. Let me hear your heart. The words we pray, listen to me, Hamilton Mill, the words we pray should be expressions of our heart, not mechanical echoes. God can handle whatever you need to say. I've learned that. I used to think that I had to say it the right way, uh, you know, and, and I, I didn't. No, God can take me yelling at him. God can take me crying. God can take my anger. God can take, he can take anything, and he wants to hear it from us. He wants it. I don't know what you've been taught, but our Father can handle it. He's, by the way, the only one who can handle all of that. And if we're not sincerely communicating with God from our hearts, then we're really not praying. We're just saying a bunch of empty words. Now, please give a balancing statement. A lot of times I will, I'll be on my face in prayer and I'll be like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And in those moments it's coming from my soul, I'm just so overwhelmed with the goodness of Jesus in my life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that we're saying a bunch of things, which was happening there, but we mean nothing from what we're saying. Let's look at it together. Y'all still here? Verse 9. Let's keep going. Verse 9. So in this manner, this is very important, church. You see this. He's not saying you've got to pray word for word, even though there's nothing wrong with praying the Lord's Prayer word for word. But he's like, in this manner, or pray like this when you pray. And can we read this together? Just let's say it out loud. Here we go. Therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm. Jesus is saying, pray in this manner. Pray like this. Again, not that you have to pray every word. I, I remember, you know, Pastor Johnson spoke of his Presbyterian days where they prayed this all the time. I grew up Baptist. I'm very thankful for the Baptists in the word and that they put in me because uh, I'm, again, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I'm blessed to be able to say that. But the, the fact of the matter is I heard the Lord's prayer so much. To me, it was just words. I didn't understand the heart behind the words. And so whether you say literally word for word verbatim, God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And so the first thing that Jesus highlights, what we just read, 
is how do you enter into prayer? How do you, how do you start or kickstart this prayer thing? How do we do that? Well, he's telling us how to do it by addressing God as Father. Our Father. Our Father. Where is our Father? Where's our Heavenly Father? He's in heaven. Who art in heaven? Hallowed. That means worship. Holy. Hallowed be your name. So, what, what, is that, what does that look like today for us in our own times of prayer? You individually, you with your spouse, you with your family, maybe even you with your coworkers. I'm hearing more and more stories of bosses leading their coworkers in times of prayer. That's incredible. Keep doing that. Or bosses asking their employees on the way out, hey, is anything, everything okay? Can I be praying for you? That's awesome. Let God use you in that. I've noticed this. Most people will not turn down if you say, can I pray for you? Most people won't. Sometimes you'll get a no, which is fine, but at least you asked. Amen? So starting in prayer, the first thing that we do, and when we come into prayer, it's not about asking God for things. It's not the 911 things or demanding, God, where are you? Come on, get this thing going. I need, I need you to do this. Those things are all important, and God wants to hear you, hear you. But here's the deal. A lot of times we come into God, God, I need this, I need that, and they're real and then we say amen, and we walk away, and God's like, but, 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 can we talk? Can, can we, can I hear your heart? I'll, I'll help you with those needs, those emergencies, but can, can we talk for a moment? Come on, any parent in the room, don't you hate it? My kids don't do it now because they know better, but when they were young, they come in, they're going to go to the movies, and they run in the room. I hadn't seen them all day, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? I need $25, Dad. Like, hey, my name's Chris. I'm your father. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. But it, it may, and anybody, we've all been there. I did it to mine. We, we, a lot of us, it's like, but we want to say, I am not your piggy bank. I am actually much more than your piggy bank. Here, take the 20. And I remember a couple of times, I'm like, hey, sit down. No, I got to go. They're out in the car. Sit down. Sit down. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, add to you. I'm going to keep you here longer. I'll be like, how are you? I'm fine. All right, you can go. You know, but, uh, but, but, but here's, here's what I did. God wants that relation. Listen, prayer is not a transaction. It's about a relationship. It's not the business deal, a transaction. We got to get this right. You, I scratch your back. You should. No, God wants relationship. That's why he wants to hear from you. I don't know how you feel about our, your heavenly father because a lot of time we look at our heavenly father through our earthly father. But the fact of the matter is we have a perfect heavenly father and he is begging for his children to come talk to him. Talk to him on the way to work. Talk to him when you have your coffee in hand in the morning in your kitchen when nobody else is up but you. Talk to him while you're in the shower. It's a great way to wake up. Talk to him when you fall asleep. It's a great way to fall asleep. He wants to talk to you. Want to, make, want to see your, your marriage move into a greater level of intimacy? Pray together. So talk to him. Somebody say talk. We, 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 we got to come before God addressing him personally. Think about it. We get the honor, Jesus said, our father, personally as father, and we bring with it worship and thanksgiving. Because I don't know about you, but when I start bragging on my heavenly father, man, I just what comes out of my soul is, Father, you're so good. You're so good. You love me in my yuck. You love me when I'm selfish. You love me when I, when I lose my temper. 
You love me when I fail you. And it just, I just, it just keeps coming out of me. And this is how we establish, establish God's presence in prayer. It's the, most important, it's the most important part of prayer is how you start. And everything else flows from that. Here's what I've noticed. When I start bragging on my father, when I start worshiping my father, when I start lifting him up, what I notice is the problems that are very real in my life, listen to me, the problems that are very real, they become a little smaller. They're still there, but as I brag on God, he becomes bigger and bigger in my heart and mind. And I see like, okay, God, you got this. I've been trying to fix it. I'm taking my hands off it. Sometimes you need to say that, God. God, I'll just take my hands off this. I can't do it. Because prayer says... God can do it. I said this at Wednesday night prayer this past Wednesday. Prayer is the most humbling thing you can do. It's the most humbling action you can do because it's telling God only you can do this. When you come into prayer, establish his presence first thing. Good morning, God. I don't don't even say God. Specifically, I say Father. Good morning, Father. His presence. Somebody say presence. I want to give you just a few things for those taking notes, but also just speak to you about, about his presence, the Father's presence, being our Father. Just a few thoughts here about the dynamics of presence. First is who you know that person to be. So is he like God, and he's some far distant deity up in the sky somewhere, or is he Father? Let me just tell you, he's Father. Just in case you're confused, he's Father. But the truth is, a lot of Christians come into prayer, and it's like, who, who are you even talking to? Man, be specific. I talk to the Holy Spirit specifically. I talk to Jesus specifically, and I talk to my Father all the time. Talk to him. Be specific who you're talking to. Second thing about the dynamics of present, your position and level of relationship with that person. Your position and your level of relationship with that person. Who are you in that relationship with God? Let me say it to you like this. Are you a servant or are you a son? Are are you another, really the word there, if you look at the prodigal son, was slave. Are you a slave or are you a daughter? Are we slaves or are we sons and daughters of the Most High God? Do you look at yourself when you talk to God in prayer? Do you always feel with your head down, not in worship, but your head down in defeat? Beat down. Just, you're defeated all the time. So you feel like all the time you're a sinner and a failure. Or do you feel that you're loved? And he loves you even in your sin. He'll love you right out of that sin. How confident are you in that? That's very important. Number three thing right here. How confident are you in the presence of that person? i got to pause for a second because I just missed something that's very important. I feel like people need to hear this. You remember the story of the prodigal son? You remember, like, the father, this is a beautiful picture of the father. The father was every day looking for his wayward son. Every day. Is it today? Is he coming home today? Oh, not end of the day. No. I'm a picture person, so I see it like a movie. Is it today? Is it today? No. And then one fateful day, the father was looking for his son, and the son was coming. The Bible says he saw him from a far way off. And guess who ran to who? The father ran to the son. The father ran to the son. If it had been me, I'd have been like, you better start running. (laughs) The father ran to him, and that shows us, listen, the father will chase you down. He will pursue you to the ends of the earth. He did it to me. He did it to many of us who lived a wayward life. If you're wayward right now, he will chase you down because he loves you. 
And listen to me. If you're in the room and you're not living for God, and there's really no question, we know when we're not living for God, he will chase you down, listen to me, and he will make you wholly miserable. He will make you wholly restless until you finally surrender. That's his love. That's his grace. And so remember what the son said? I'm not worthy. I can see him with his head down. I'm not worthy, Dad. I'll just be one of your slaves, your servants. And the father's like, chalk to the hand. Somebody kill the fatted calf. Put a ring on that man's finger. Give him the finest coat. I mean, the father was like, you my boy. You're not who you you were. You are who you are right now. Welcome home. That's what our father shows us. But if you don't know that, that brings me to this next point about presence. You don't have confidence. If you don't really know who God is as a father, then you don't have a lot of confidence. That was me for years. That could be many of us in the room. If we don't understand that beautiful relationship, then you generally won't go into prayer with much confidence. Like some of us feel in the room, I used to think this, that I'm bothering him. You're not ever a bother, number one. You are not a bother. You're his kids. What father? And listen, if your earthly fathers rejected you, I deeply apologize for what any earthly father did. But I'm telling you, we have a father, a heavenly father, who will never, ever reject us. We're never a bother to him. He always wants to hear from us. Final thing about dynamic of presence, how you hope or expect that person to respond. So in prayer, do you have an expectation God's going to respond in some way? Either he's going to speak to my heart, he's going to speak through his word, or he's going to answer this prayer according to his will. But if we don't have that father-son, father-daughter relationship, and we don't have that God confidence, that's what I call it, then we're kind of like, well, I hope this prayer hits the mark. I'm going to just shoot and see what happens. God will answer your prayers. According to his will, according to his beautiful timing, which, by the way, is never on ours. But he does something even in the waiting. Do you believe that God will respond to you? As sons and daughters, we come to that place that we do believe. He's a good, good father. Amen? So my question to you, just to go there introspectively, it was just me and you having a cup of coffee. Who is God to you? Can we let that sit for a moment? Who's God to you? Who is he really to you? A 2022, 2022, that's pretty fresh. Gallup poll just said recently, I saw this, 81% of Americans believe in God. I'm like, what? Uh, That stat's got to be wrong because America is not looking good today. But can I tell you, when you dive into the minutia of that stat, the fact of the matter is, a lot of people call God that ain't even our God. People call trees God. People call this God. People call anything God. People even call themselves God. Or they live that way. So that the world has this distant picture of God, some old man in the sky wants to beat you down on all your mistakes, and he demands you worship him. You have no choice. And that's not our God at all. He wants communion and communication. And out of that, our response is, you are worthy. I worship you, Lord. The world has no relationship with him, no, no personal intimacy, so thus they don't really know who God is. They don't understand it. They have no trust in him. Why? Listen to me, church. Because you cannot trust someone you don't really know. 
There's a difference of a knowledge of God and knowing God. we got to move from head knowledge to heart. Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith, somebody say faith, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God, that's you and I, for he who comes to God must believe what? Say it with me, that He that He is. That he is who he says he is. That his word is, all his promises are yes and amen. His word is true and that he is God. And look at this, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And it reminds me of the verse in in, in Jeremiah that those who seek him with all of his heart, all of your heart, will find him. If you seek him, you will find him. And again, it needs to be said, we're, we're not praying to some cosmic entity, some impersonal being who doesn't care. God, no, he's our father, and he cares about us big time. He cares about us big time. He is our father, and listen to me, for some of you in the room and those who are watching us online, he can be the father you never had. He can feel the holes. He can feel the wounds. And you don't have to stay wounded. He can fill you, set you free, and you can find total fulfillment in your heavenly Father. I've seen it with young people for decades. Half the kids we minister to didn't have a dad in their home. Fatherlessness. It's affecting all of society. But what God did by his grace through the years, we saw it, is when those young people, when adults like us, when we come to realize who we are and whose we are, God can fulfill all the empty spaces and fill it up with himself. And we can find total satisfaction and fulfillment in our Father. Jesus laid it out, made it real personal, our Father. Somebody say Father. That is the uh, Aramaic word, for Abba. You know, you know this. You've heard it. And it refers to an intimate father-child relationship. And when Jesus said our father, and I love, he could have just said my father because, you know, he said my father a lot. I only do what my father tells me to do. I only say what my father tells me to say. He spent time with the father. By the way, listen to this. Did you know when Jesus first started ministry, one of the first people he talked to was his father? And by the way, at the end on the cross, who was the person he was talking to in his last breath? Father, talking to his dad. You know what that tells me? In the high highs and the low lows, we can talk to our father. What Jesus was doing, church, listen to me, it was radical. It was radical because this was not the way that God was approached. The Jews for generations knew. They saw God as Yahweh, our word Jehovah, as corporate father, the children of Israel. So there was a corporate father, but they never knew him as a personal Abba. By the way, if you dive deep in that word, that is Papa, Papa. So no matter what kind of earthly dad you and I have, good or bad, there or not there, or even there but really not there, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, We have a heavenly father who will never leave us or forsake us. We have a heavenly father who, listen to me, he'll never give up on you. He believes in you nonstop. When you're you're beating yourself up, which I used to be really good at beating myself up. By the way, we need to quit doing that because Jesus took the beating so we don't have to. When I I make mistakes, we got to run to the father. We got to run to him. He can handle whatever we're going through. 
He never gets tired of us. He loves it. I can see him almost giddy on the throne. Like, when are they going to wake up and talk to me? It's Saturday morning, Father. They sleep in a little bit on Saturdays. Around the, around the burbs, they sleep in a little bit. That's Jesus talking to him. Just hold on, hold on. And, and let them get some coffee because they don't talk English until they get coffee. So, <laughs> But the father's like, can't wait to hear from my kids. Listen to this. He loves us at our best and he loves us at our worst. He always loves us. He'll never kick you to the curb. He's always there whispering to you, whether we're listening or not, I'm with you, son. I'm with you, daughter. I'm for you. That's the father. And Jesus is telling us, once we get to really put our full trust in our Heavenly Father, listen to me, church, you will never experience lack again. We'll never experience lack when we put our full trust in our Father. Everything we need is found in Him. Everything we need. Look at this verse right here on the screen, Romans 8, 15, and 16. Paul says this, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Look at that little s, spirit. Instead, you received God's spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Look at the comma after Abba. It's not a father, father. It's almost like Papa, Daddy, Papa, Father. That's how intimate. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm. Anybody needs affirmation? We can find it in our Father. His spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's own children. Amen? Now, before I give you just a few things as we close, I want to share how this became real in my life. Everybody's got a story. And what I'm praying today, as as our story continues, every one of our stories continues, that we would all in this room, no matter how young or old you are, we would all get a greater revelation of the Father's love. I'll tell you when I got it. Well, I should say this. I'll tell you when it became very real to me. I knew it here in my ears. I knew it. I recognized it. But I didn't know it really here inside until my firstborn was born. When Allison was born, something happened in my heart. Now, for, for any mother, a mother carries the baby for nine months. So, ladies, y'all got it made. Like, you're already developing a great relationship with them overnight. How you doing? What you want to eat today? You know, like, you, you got it all going on. But, but dads are, you know, there, and, and we would put headphones on, on Lisa's tummy and play worship music and Superman music. And uh, we, would, we would do different things, and I'd talk to her all the time. That's why I tell anybody when, you're, when you get pregnant, just start talking right away, all right, to them. And, uh, but when she was born... I mean, it's still on that VHS. Some young person's like, what was that? What's that? Uh, I'm in shock. I knew she was coming. My goodness, I went through the craziness of, of 24 hours of like, who is this woman? You know, I went all through that until she had the baby. You know, I need ice. Okay, I don't want ice. Okay, all right. I need this. Okay, you put a little wet wag. No, I don't want a red wag. Okay, I'm like, I'm just going to stay in the corner and cry, you know. But when she was born, when she was born, I I mesmerized. Somebody said, the nurse said, Daddy, she needs to hear you talk. You take her home, and I I mean, I'm I'm staring at her all the time. I'm through through the bars of her little baby baby thing she's in, in the middle of the night. Lisa, get up. What's wrong? What's wrong? Because, you know, when you're a parent, especially with the first one, it's like, you hear a coo, and you're like, oh, everybody, oh, what's going on? What's up? 
Because it's like the firstborn's like Project X. We don't know what we're doing. And if you have five babies, you act like you know what you're doing, but you still don't know what you're doing. And I would just stare at her, and I began to weep, not only because she was my daughter, but God was, I was realizing this baby girl is doing nothing for me, and I have this love exploding in my heart for her. She's done nothing for me, and yet I love her. I would die for her in this moment. And, the, and the, just God's love, the Father's love, just breaking my heart. And, and, it, and it just continued as I had my two sons. Just has gotten greater and greater. And, and, and I'm nobody, but I've learned that I talk to God totally as Father. And who I am and what I do is all found in and through Him. Imperfect, flawed, make mistakes, fail. He loves me no matter what. And I can come to him no matter what. Now, here's the weird thing. It might be weird to you. It's definitely weird to my kids. Still, sometimes, now i got two young adults and one that's about to be a senior. And I still, sometimes, in the middle of the night, I'll get up, get something to drink or whatever, and I go in their room and I just open the door real quietly and I'll just stare at them. <laughs> and then sometimes, I mean, I'm as quiet as a mouse. I think I am. And they'll wake up and like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I was having a father moment, but uh, <laughs> how much more does the father? You parents, am I, am, I, am I crazy? Do you might do that as parents? Come on. I had somebody in their 60s. I had somebody in their 60s after the 9 a.m. said, don't you ever be embarrassed? I still stare at my kids, and they're in their 30s. I'm like, okay, good deal, good deal. How much more does the father totally just overwhelmed with love for us? When we truly understand that God is our Father, it changes everything. How you approach Him, how you live your life. He's holy, hallowed be your name, which hallowed literally means to be set apart, holy. It means a response of praise and worship. So as I come in, I address Him as Dad, I address Him as Father, and I just begin to worship Him. And everything changes. You know where it changes? He never changes. It starts in me and then the work, whatever's going on in my life, it all changes. The way I look at everything, it changes. I lift him up. I worship him. I'm hurting, Father, but blessed be your name. God, I'm struggling. I got some, I got some walls I keep hitting, but I just love you, Father. And I'm turning the attention. Notice the honesty of the problem, but I'm also blessing him. The starting point of prayer is Father the response of worship and thanksgiving. Look right here. Uh, Psalms 100 says this, just a few verses. Shout, the whole chapter is just a few verses. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Look at this language right here. Come before him. That's how you enter. Come before him singing with joy. Now let me just pause for a second. If, if, if you don't sing well, like many of us, hello, then just make a joyful noise and it will, as someone told me in the lobby after the nine, it will transfer to heaven a beautiful, beautiful sound to them. All right? I was like, I never thought about that. So I don't know if it's true or not, but it sounded good. But sing, sing with joy. Somebody say joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. Just in case you forgot, he's the boss. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Come on, we need a good shepherd to guide us, to lead us. Enter, look, here we go again, come before him. This is how you enter. Enter, come on, say it with me. Enter his gates with 
Go into his courts with Give thanks to him, and say it with me, and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. When we start our prayers with Father, personal, intimate, and worship and thanksgiving, can I tell you, it lifts you above your earthly circumstances and situations. It, you're lifted the, the, the stuff is still there, but you're lifted above it, and you're seeing things differently. Your faith is increased. Your heart gets bigger. Your faith gets bigger. Everything changes. So we got to remember who we're really praying to. He's the creator. Remember what he said? He just spoke things into existence. That's the one who we're talking to. He's Jehovah God, our heavenly Father. Now, I want to give you some things in these last moments here that we're just going to pray through. I'm going to talk it, and we're going to pray together. If you're taking notes, these last minutes here, I just want to, there are so many names of Jehovah that we don't have time, but there are some, there are some things that describe his name, six names that would describe our father. They're, they're primary names. And I, again, I could give you nine. I could, we could go through and just all the names of God. And I'm going to go through this quickly. I'm really going to kind of talk it and pray it. And so as we go there together in these final minutes, whatever you need, can I tell you what is found in the Lord? Whatever, whatever you need. Let's look at it together. Just six names to describe our Father. The first thing is Jehovah Shammah. What does that mean? The Lord is there. How, how, do we, how do we get this in our heart? Well, we need to know this. When you come into prayer, God is constantly reminding you that you're never alone. We're reminding ourselves that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, listen to me, that God is with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I will never be alone. My Father is with me. I wonder who needs to hear that today. Father, we thank you that we are never alone. We thank you for your presence. Just like that old hymn, I hear it in my heart even right now. You want us to walk with you and talk with you along life's way. We thank you, Lord. You're there with us every step of the way. Number two, he's Jehovah Jireh. I wonder who needs to hear that today. Struggling with finances or situations that are overwhelming to you. His name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. When, here's the thing about the Lord provide. When we come into prayer, we're reminded, listen to me, it's very important, that your place of employment is not your provider. Your job is not your provider. He is our provider. That check you get that may be automatically deposited or you get in the mail, that may have the place of employment on there, but God is your provider. The government is not your provider. Your parents, they provide for you when you're young, but even when you get old, they are not your provider. They may bless you along the way, praise God, but they're not your provider. I say that because some people get upset with mom and dad because they might not be able to give. God's got you. He'll take care of you. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. I wonder who needs that today full of anxiety. It can jump on any of us at any time. Stress, worry, fear. When we come into prayer in God's presence, listen to me, we could be surrounded with chaos and confusion and we can walk in peace. 
Father, we thank you for your, your shalom. We thank you for your peace. We thank you that you're not a God of confusion. You are a God of shalom, peace. The world is full of anxiety and fear, but God, with your help, Holy Spirit, we can walk in peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Every day in God's presence when you pray, driving your car, in the morning, at night when you go to sleep, we're reminded that our Father can not only, you've heard me say this a million times, not only heal broken bones, He can heal broken hearts. He can heal broken minds. I want to encourage you to do something that we do. We declare over me and mine, I declare over me and mine, that our children, our family, our extended family is covered by the blood of Jesus, and by His stripes we are healed. Declare that over your family. Declare that over yourself. Lord, we thank you that you're a healer. And we receive your healing. We're reminded, God, that you can heal our minds, our hearts, and our bodies. Cancer ain't got nothing on you, Jesus. Anything that has a name that's a disease has to bow to the feet of Jesus. Jehovah Nisi. Oh, I love this one. I love them all, but this one's like, the Lord is our victory. Somebody say victory. That, you know what that tells me? That when I'm in prayer and I feel like a loser, I feel like I'm, I'm losing in life, I feel like I'm battling, I'm, I'm failing in marriage, I'm failing at this being a father, all these things that are defining failure, you are not a failure. You are son and daughter of the king. And when I'm in God's presence, the Lord's like, son, just give it to me. Give, you how, give, give to me how you feel. And then he reminds me, I'm for you. Who can be against you? I'm with you, son. And by the way, this is what the Father says over us. My son, what he did on the cross and through his resurrection, you fight from the winning side. You may be losing a present battle, but I've won the war. Victory in Jesus' name. And for those who feel like a failure in the room, feel like you're losing, Father, we receive your victory. We've got it. We just need to apply it to our life. You did it 2,000 years ago. We want to look at life through a victorious lens. We are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. And then finally, Jehovah Rahi. Rohi, excuse me. The Lord, ooh, I said this earlier. We were reading about the Lord, our shepherd. How many people you know down deep, you need to be guided in life and directed? Hello, you need to be led. The Bible tells us those who are led by God are the sons of God. We need a shepherd to guide us, to lead us. I can't see what's coming. He can. I don't see the potholes. I don't see the edge of the cliff. God does. And so, Father, we just receive your guidance and your leadership in our life. We thank you that you're the great shepherd and that you lead us. and You give us wisdom. Right now, for somebody, Lord, we receive your wisdom in decisions small and big that we make God decisions in Jesus' name. Each step, each step we take will be led by your spirit in Jesus' name. We run to you, Lord. We gotta, in closing, I'll just say this as we pray. We gotta stop living and praying as slaves and start living and praying as sons and daughters. When we say this, when we pray our Father, what we're really saying is this. I'm your child because of Jesus. Amen. And the one name that covers it all I could go on and go on about his names, his father. Let's pray. Father, 
we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for each person here. I want to speak a special blessing now over all the men in the room. Father, I pray, Lord, over each man, uh, Lord, even the, all the fathers, yes, we celebrate today, but each man, Father God, that they would walk as sons. I pray for each daughter, that they would walk in life as daughters. I pray in Jesus' name, you break off us striving, Lord, just the, the unrest of trying to prove something. God, that we would just walk in who we are. We'd walk in your full inheritance. We would run to you, Jesus. No matter what, the good and the bad, we just run to our Father, tell on ourselves, talk to you as Father, address you as Father, live with the Father's affirmation and love. We bless you, God. And I pray for those who may be away from you. If you're away from the Lord right now, God is saying, I love you. Come home. Just as the father, the prodigal son, Father, I pray for those who may be away from you, Lord, that they would return to you. They would surrender their hearts to you, Jesus. Even now in this moment, to say, Lord, I repent. I repent of living my life my way. I repent and I call you who you are, Father, King, Lord, Savior. And I give you my life. Lord, we love you. Can we all with our hands right now just lift it to the Father? We bless you now, Father. You are a good, good Father. We rejoice in you. We thank you, Lord. You'll never fail us. You'll never give us. God, you're so good. There's not enough to say, not enough time, God. But help us as we walk out these doors. Just always look to you for all things. You are a Father who fully satisfies. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you, church.